Okay, so welcome to Tricky Bastards. Uh, this is the March 2018 um, episode, and this is the show where three music fans pretend to be friends while discussing our mutual contempt for a load of new music. <laughs> and I want to welcome Matt Paul in New York. Hello. Say hello. Hi. And Franz Slater and myself. We are in the same room. Oh, hello. we are, yes. I'm Nick. How's it going? And this month, we will be discussing uh, Rye. Is it pronounced Rye? Is that Rye? right? Rye's so. album, I Blood. We've got the Go Teams album Semicircle, JSOM's Everybody Works, Princess Nokia's 1992 Deluxe. Then we're doing a classic, which is Nick Drake's 1969 album Five Leaves Left. And then I'll be telling you all why I love Dinosaur Jr., specifically with the album You're Living All Over Me. Okay, um, so before we got going, uh, I asked you a couple of questions. Uh, which I'll put to you again, see what you think. Um, Matt, first of all, uh, which of the five albums is the most coherent, whether it's ultimately good or bad, it's not a big deal, but which is the most coherent for you? Um, I thought it was Bry's album. It's in my career. Just put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he called it. Well, I think it's uh, it's obviously the most coherent anyway. It is. Because it's got, uh, there's no songs that stick out as being like odd thumbs or anything like that. There's, to get all together, it seems to work as one piece, okay. um, and it has kind of like a kind of consistent tone to it. Um, whether that's good or bad, I'm still on the fence about. Oh. I haven't, I couldn't make my mind up about this album. Okay, um, interesting. I don't think that's permitted. But, actually, I've got to say, yeah, that's not really. Well, you're not allowed to not podcast make your mind up. Jesus, <laughs> this is what picky bastards. Come By on. the time me and Nick have well, finished speaking about it, you have to make a decision. Yeah, you got another two minutes. Otherwise. It's not as good as the first album. Let's put it that way. I don't know the first album, actually. Yeah. I do. So I what's... Do. Okay. Can you give me some context then? When was the first album out and what was that like? So the first album, oh, that must be about five, six years ago, I, I think. I saw them at a festival in Lisbon um, maybe three years ago. Um, and I, I think the album was not... It was quite recent then. So, yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. He, he's very... Interesting life. Yeah, and so yeah, and like the first yeah, the first album is fantastic, and I feel like at the time it was like quite um, different because it there wasn't as much kind of just someone with that voice that's so great with very like bare and minimal music behind it, at least in the like current scene. Um, but now there's more of that style of music, and I don't think he did as good a job this time. Um, and so it just felt like everything was very precise in the music to a point where it was too controlled. Like in the first album he, he released, it felt like he could break at any point. But this, uh, he felt you could feel the emotion, but he didn't feel like he still felt like he had control over everything. OK, and that's so, a problem you're saying, just to be clear. Well, yeah, because it's a very, very emotional music. Right. And. To to convey that, I feel like you have to be on, like if you're on the edge at the same time, okay. it means so, it means so much more. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's almost too polished. There, yeah. It's almost too polished. So that, in that sense, the coherence in a, as a general thing is is not good. I mean, the fact that it's coherent in that sense, if it's that polished and kind of yeah uh, put together, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. That's where I was going from. Okay. Right. I see. I see. Yeah. I mean, Friend, I'll, I'll go in with this one. I mean, polished is a word that I, I've also written down, definitely, and it is a very polished album. Um, it's a very clean album in some ways, but 
I don't think I agree that it's um, it's as sort of it's coherent, but whether it's samey to the point where it doesn't, I don't know. Because I think that it's it's maybe compared to the first album, there's a bit more variation there for me. I think there was a bit more f- sort of a funk element to some of the songs. Um, I enjoy the sort of very like laid back atmosphere of it, and that he doesn't. I can't remember the first album if if I ever felt like he was close to sort of breaking it was always he always felt like a very polished performer to me um i think so i, I enjoyed this album a lot i got really into i listened to it more as we went on i think it's really incredibly produced his voice is amazing um now one thing we talked about a lot on the last podcast was glenn hansard's terrible terrible lyrics I just want yeah. to remind everybody about yep. those terrible yeah. lyrics oh yeah no um, how to forget they come back to me sometimes in the yeah. night <laughs> desire and fire and all that business yeah and I wouldn't say Rise lyrics are that much better. Um, <laughs> no. But I think what stands out there is is I don't think you're there as much for the lyrics. I think you're here for the music and I think the atmosphere it creates is really um, interesting. So the lyrics kind of fade into the background and uh, aren't, aren't that important to me. But um, before I move on, I want to make one more sort of comment and a, well, a prediction more than anything. My prediction is that Nick's about to speak about this album. My prediction is he absolutely fucking despises it. Wow, and he even <laughs> swore. That's how that's how vehement he is on the subject. Yeah. He actually swore. Okay, is he right? okay. Um, well, I will say that this this podcast <laughs> shouldn't turn into just an attempt to get predict what the other people are going to think. But anyway, um, that doesn't mean he's wrong, though. No, I I, I <laughs> told you I, I did have a problem with this album. Um, I felt like I think you both raised things that are that are relevant and to what to my issue with it, my issues with it. Uh, I thought lyrically it was pretty poor. I don't know this artist at all before, so I've, I've never heard of him. So uh, I know nothing. I have no context for that. That's why I was asking. But um, there were musically, so sorry, lyrically it was it was very um, weak. I thought or pretty weak, but musically it, it was really irritating. I found it incredibly annoying. And the, and the thing that really pissed me off about it, see, we're all swearing now. We're going to yeah, get calm down. From it's called picky bastards, though. So you <laughs> yeah, know. that's true. That is true. Um, the thing that really annoyed me about it was how staccato everything was. Talk, when you talk about the polish and the, and the sort of coherence of it all and how restrained and controlled it was, man, I think that's totally true. It, yeah. it was so, like, on-off. Everything was like, ah, oh, it just drove me insane. <laughs> it was like a really bad 90s phone ringing, you know, like mobile phone a really ringing. bad 90s phone ringing. Yeah, okay. that's what it was like, right. yeah. I mean, uh, his voice was great. <laughs> The voices were great in it. I, I'm not trying to dispute that, but what he was, what they were saying wasn't that great, and and uh, yeah, how they produced it was just too much. Okay, so, sorry, uh, I'm not a fan. So I was right. You were right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay, so we had a little bit of a technical nightmare there, but we have fixed things, I think. So we are back up and running. It's all Matt's fault. It was Matt's fault, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> always. So, uh, let's, yeah, so let's go back into it. Okay, so next question. Uh, I wanted to ask Fran, uh, which of the five albums had the strongest opening? And it, as with the last question, it doesn't really matter if it's the best album, just the opening is what I'm interested in. Well, go for it. I'll tell you straight away that I found this quite a difficult question because um, I really liked uh, three, maybe four of the albums on this playlist. But I didn't think any of them had a really, really strong opening. Um, oh, okay. But I've chosen one, and I went with um, Princess Nokia's 1992 Deluxe, because although the first song's maybe not a 
best song on the album. Well, it's not by quite a way, but I think she did the, the best job of sort of set, setting out a stall and showing us what what she's all about within her first few songs. So Bart Simpson's the opening track, and um, I think it really highlights the themes of her album. So it sort of looks back at her childhood. There's a lot of nostalgia, and she talks a lot about New York and when she grew up. And, and then straight after that song, so I would still consider this the opening in a way, she goes into Tomboy, um, which is a sort of really interesting song which kind of sub- subverts the idea of the male gaze and typical ideas of beauty. And for a song that uses the word titties so many times, <laughs> it is quite a strong, positive feminist song, I would say. And then she continues into the third song with Katana, um, which I, this was the another strong um, feminist song in a lot of ways, but maybe people might have missed that because it's named after a Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> um, I don't know if I either know of you were aware of that. No. Um, but she was I the thought it was named after the sword. But... No, Katana is the fir- was the first ever female ninja in a video game. Right. Um, which at the time cool. was seen as a really big thing. Um in like the gaming world and Princess Noki is obviously comparing herself to Katana in that song. She's sort of a ninja of rap sort of thing, which I thought okay. was quite interesting. Nice. Um, yeah. And it was also, again, in a way talking about openings, it was the album that grabbed me most immediately. I don't know if it ended up being my favorite, but it was the one that was most interesting to me straight away. Like I kind of had to stop what I was reading on the train and actually really listen to this album, which some of the others, because there is some like, slow albums on this playlist and I could kind of let them drift and it took me a while to get into them, but this one grabbed me straight away. And then particularly, I'm going to mention one song, which was Goth Kid, um, which is like a strong, sometimes quite amusing way of looking back at a really difficult childhood, which talks a lot about um, you know being abused in a foster home and that kind of thing, but she manages to make it funny and witty and, and interesting. And I thought that kind of, you could say that about most of the album. Um so yeah, that would be my strongest opening and also I think arguably definitely one of the strongest albums on this playlist. Um I really enjoyed it. Okay. So I might jump in actually if that's all right with you, man. Go for it. Go for um, it. Um I'm really something really unusual's happened to me just now, which is I think Fran might have persuaded me to like an album a bit more than I did initially. <laughs> which is kind of a shock, but I'll I'll start though with my uh, traditional Fran is wrong mode and say this is the album with the weakest opening of any of them. I can't, I still hold to that. That Bart Simpson is so <laughs> such a weak track compared to the rest of the album. It's yeah. really remarkable. So you've taken the word opening to consist of like the first half of the album. No, the first three songs. The first three songs. Okay, okay, maybe. But I mean, one thing I noticed with with the Bart Simpson track that I thought was really. Um, Problematic was she had some real problems with the flow, like the actual breathing, like shortness of mm. breath in some of the tracks. Do you notice that? Does anyone else? Do you notice that, Matt? Um, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah. well, I was in yeah, that I first did. track in particular. There was a couple of times, but in that first track in particular, she seemed to be like running out of steam as halfway through the, the some of the lines. I felt like I think some of that might yeah, be down to yeah. the sort of um, the the end sort of product and the production that she she hasn't like a lot of other artists have. There's not as much sort of worked on it after the fact she's kind of it's, it's very lo-fi you mean in a sense i mean you might say that i would say i don't really know what that means whenever you say that but i just nod my head okay so um, assume i'm right then if you don't know just assume i'm right because i do know but i think um i think that might be part of it i mean i think i think the delivery is brilliant a lot of the time i didn't really notice that i can see on bart simpson that it's not the strongest first song but then it, i'd say every album on this playlist so you, i think you asked me a question that you just knew i couldn't answer because none of them had a good opening song <laughs> yeah yeah i would really struggle to pick out something that um 
really had a strong beginning to draw you in. Nothing really grabbed me. Okay. I just want to point out before we go any further that I did a playlist about Sebado, a seminal lo-fi band, in which I described for about 20 minutes what lo-fi is. Fran was clearly not listening to me. <laughs> I was just no surprise, but there you go. Um, I just want to, before Matt gets into it with that, with that album, I just wanted to say, though, that um, I have been... So I initially was not that impressed either with the beats. I felt like it was quite thin, you know? I, mm. felt, I felt like it wasn't very... Didn't really hit me very hard, the beats, which is kind of disappointing. But I, I can see from what Franz just said, I, I'm willing to be to be educated on the subject on this one and feel like maybe it's worth more of a go um, because I thought some of the things he's bringing out about the feminist themes and stuff are actually really interesting. So um, I feel like maybe I've given it, I'm not giving it due credit. So maybe I've actually been swayed by Fran. Well, there you go. I do think to go back to what you're saying about the production now, I mean, I think it is... I've heard talk. I've read articles saying like if she was produced by a uh, Dre or a, you know, Thundercat. Kendrick or whatever, would Thundercat she be? Would be a, a, yeah. God, don't mention yeah. him. Don't mention him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Buffalo, didn't he? So yeah. But I've heard that said. But I mean, I quite like the sort of more. Can I say lo-fi? I don't know what it means. I like the more oh. lo-fi um, <laughs> production. I like the more sort of basic. I don't. I wouldn't like it on every album, but I think it works with her. Um, but anyway, let's let's hear from Matt. Go for it, man. Maybe, maybe now you'll remember what lo-fi is. Um, In future, yeah. I, I, I just didn't connect with this album at all. Did you know? Uh, <laughs> no. There, there, nice. there, are, there are a few This songs is Matt's I, first I don't like an album, I think. Yeah, I really don't yeah, like an album. And I'm this surprised, actually. Congratulations. I, Welcome to the club properly now. <laughs> you finally a well, I, felt, I felt like a lot of it was just uh, like posturing. And there's a few songs that stuck out. Like Goth Kid was cool. Mm. Because there was a bit more going on, but I I don't really like listening to just someone say they're going to beat someone else up or they're going to put a curse <laughs> <on> someone. <laughs> like it's it's what are you it's talking not... about? That sounds amazing. There is a lot of posturing in the album, and it is that is a typical yeah. sort of hip hop thing, isn't know, it? Which isn't always I the best know. side of hip hop, but I think she was deeper than that a lot as well. Yeah, I just didn't see like because yeah, I know. I listen to hip hop and there's a, like a, a whole bunch of stuff about that and that's fine um, and it can be good. I just don't think there was enough variation away from that. How uh, would this compare to um, Scissor? Scissor. SZA. We talked about Scissor that was a last great time. Album. Oh, I haven't listened to that album. Okay, right. We talked about it a couple of yeah. sessions ago. We, talk, we yeah, talked so, about the albums yeah. of the year. I mean, for yeah, me, yeah. this is what I, I actually am not surprised you brought that comparison because I do think they are both albums that talk about some some sort of facile stuff that we could throw away and ignore but also both have quite strong messages in the background if you if i you think this one is better them. than that one personally but that's just you know maybe we don't need to get into it if matters not familiar anyway so i'm quite surprised with uh with with your opinion of it though matt to be honest i did you know i predict everything as I, and i was right about nick but <laughs> yeah. i was absolutely wrong about this one i thought you would uh well i thought you'd like well, it like, yeah like well some of the songs i do like it's just my as an album as a whole it's just i felt towards the end i was just getting bored and because it felt like the same, same, same stuff coming up. Even mm. some of the like, like I really, I did like Katana and I did like uh, Brujas. Um, but again, it's still like the central theme was it's talking about, um, like in Brujas, it's talking about like, um, like witches and like some yeah. of the different an ancestry and her ancestors. But it all comes back to, and it's like the central theme of she's gonna. She's going to mess someone up with her witchcraft. <laughs> and so, like, 
You could talk about something else regarding the witchcraft. Or the, <laughs> do you want the spells? Do you want, what do you want from it? Just like, how to turn a bit more into it. And then, like, I'm going to get one over using it. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I think I can see that. And I, I'm like, I'm, I'm defending the album in that I did, I did enjoy it, but I do think this is, it's an early career thing for her. And I actually think yeah. there's potential more than there's absolute mastery on this album. Like, I think it's interesting. I think she's this got first a album, say. by the way. It's a third album, but oh. the albums previously, one of them was apparently, I've not heard it, but a very sort of weak sort of R&B album where she sang everything okay. and she had a different name because her real name's Destiny something. And she went yeah. under that Her name name's before. not Princess Nokia. No, I'm so disappointed. Nothing to say I can't that. come back to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's apparently this is her first sort of, maybe you're like the earliest stuff, Matt, because she was apparently yeah. very quiet and nice on that and didn't talk about <laughs> wanting to kill people. So well, maybe you should go well, listen to the... Uh, the I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's unfair to compare it to uh, the Nas record last... last uh, yes. Month. It, it is, is unfair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's true. But... Like, it's also it's obviously in New York, and he yeah. managed to paint a, like a super evocative um, portrayal of New York and mm. being a young black man living in New York at that time. And I didn't get anything. See, I got a lot of that. like the. I mean, I, I can. I'm going to agree with you to a degree. Like, I think this album could have been cut down by eight songs, and it might be more. Because if you think about the Nas song, the album, what's impressive about that as well, in a, as a hip hop album, is it's only ten songs long. Hip hop albums are yeah. always stupidly long Nas yeah. nailed that there but if you'd Princess Nokia would cut it down and use maybe mm. songs like Saggy Denim Green Line ABCs of New York and the one and Goth Kid the one where she's actually talking about something this would be a stronger yeah. album we don't need songs like Excellent where she talks about how much she likes to cook yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to argue that but I think maybe it is a long album I think that's true I can I even I think, look at the list right now it's yeah. like what was it 15 14 songs or something it's a lot of songs yeah and I think she could have cut it down and it would have been a more effective album but I think there's enough good stuff on there for me to be definitely listening to more of what she does in the future yeah um yeah. but also yeah yeah she does posture a bit too much yeah Okay, so uh, some disagreement and Matt's inaugural hatred of an album. Well done, Matt. Fantastic, yeah. <laughs> Coming out your show so, now. Um, yeah, so let's, uh, let's talk about, I don't really mind which one we go into now. There's, there's three left before we get into the, the uh, Why I Love. Um, so do you want to talk about your least favourite, Fran? Me? Okay. From the five, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not including uh, the one I, why I love. Uh, I can do that. And um, I'm, I'm first, I'm, I'm going to fight with Matt again now because he told me at the end of the last one that I would like this album and he was very <laughs> wrong. Uh, my worst was the uh, the Go Team Semicircle. Um, definitely the only album on this list that I can guarantee I will never listen to again. <laughs> I mean, my main question is like, why does anyone need this much cheer in their life? Why does anyone need to be this chirpy? I felt, that's why I suggested it. I felt like I was I listening. Like some happiness. I felt like I was listening to the Chipmunks. Oh. <laughs> I felt wow. like they, the Chipmunks had grown up and they'd released this. Right. But that's all I have to say. Sorry, Matt. I know you like that's that. That's literally it. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm it's done. Like three comments. I've got no, <laughs> 30 seconds. I've got no other things wow. to say. I couldn't, I couldn't get on board. Why don't you it. defend, Matt, if you want to defend? I mean, you, you hadn't heard the album before, had you? Because that's the rules. So you only, you only knew the band, yeah? Yeah. So, okay. Well, then give us your objective opinion then. Um, well, yeah, it's very like saccharine. The whole whole thing is sickly, sickly sweet and happy. Um, but I think, considering all the shit that's going on, it's nice to have that occasionally. 
and have like a superficial band that's just there to sorry are you saying this are you saying there's something bad going on in the world i'm, I'm confused yeah, what, what are you <laughs> talking about you'd be more specific all these going swimmingly as well i'm concerned but yeah go ahead yeah sorry um but yeah like the one like one of the lyrics in their main single semi or their main single semicircle is live more care less and that's i think just the whole mantra of the band and there's always been that no and i'm not having it and <laughs> I'm not having that as a saying. I'm not having it. I'm not having live more careless as a saying. It's not acceptable. <laughs> Fight back, Matt. Come on. Not in this time. And it works. Kick his ass. Like, this wasn't my favourite album on the list, but I also thought it's it was a great just like I'd put it on, I'm in a bad mood, and then I'm in a good mood. And it had the capacity to completely change how I was feeling. It did change wasn't my mood every time I listened to yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, that's great. and yeah, like the whole the whole thing of like he the like the marching band element I really enjoyed the the like steel drums I love. Um, Francis and is it, grimacing and shaking his head every 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 time you say something. Yeah, and it was actually the first time in a, at least a couple albums I think they had one of their old vocalists back. And which chipmunk was it, Alvin or Theodore? <laughs> <laughs> Did you like any of the songs? What was your like? What was your song that you could bear? Don't 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 ask me this question. Um, no, no, <laughs> no. Wow. Um, wow. No, no. Okay, can I interject then and give you some comments from me? If that's right, am I allowed yeah, to be yeah, in this podcast yeah. or what? The two of you just fighting over the line. Okay, so um, I actually wrote down the word chirpy as well um, on, on my notes. Um, but I will add to that and say that this album was somehow irresistibly chirpy. Oh. I can't even believe it, but I actually yeah. this album. I actually thought this album was all right. I oh, thought it was gosh. all right. It was it you was changed. so irresistibly like powerful with its kind of bouncy energy that you just felt it was like it was one of those albums where you just found yourself like sounds so cliche, but sort of foot tapping no. as you listen to it. It's true. It's true. I just everything from it from the exclamation mark on the word go oh, on down God, that just upsets me. <laughs> I knew you'd hate that as well. I knew you'd hate that as well. Um, no, it was just it, it had semicircles some... in capital letters. Sorry, but it's, <laughs> the, the album title is in capital letters. It did actually. I'll tell you what it reminded me of, which and this is high praise, but I don't. I don't think this is entirely fair. But still, I might walk out. Is is a bit of early yeah yeahs. Like off the first album, I thought like the way that it had some delay on the vocals and a short delay, slap by delay on the vocals was was quite similar to Carano's voice in the album, and it had yeah. that kind of exuberance. I think the yeah yes, yeah, honestly, is a is a massively better album, but still, I think there For was sure. there's an interesting um, interesting connection there, you know. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Matt and and Fran's wrong. I think this album's all right. I, think I just this any, all right. anybody listening. I want you to, when as soon as it finishes, listen to the song "If There's One Thing You Should Know" by the Go Team, and if you find that anything more than the most irritating thing you've ever heard, <laughs> I, you know, I, it's over between us. It's exuberant. It's exuberant. <laughs> That's all I can say. So, um, and then I thought the production um, oh, was was really interesting. It. The way the drums were um, set really far back with tons of like reverb, sort of crunchy kind of reverb sounding. So anyway, it, it was it sounded very. Um, Sounded like a big party was going on throughout the entire album, and you were just invited for like half an hour to be part of it. Well, yeah, I. 
got the right that one, friend, right. did you? I definitely predicted what Nick would think of this album, and that was not it. I mean, yeah, you totally got that one wrong. Yeah, nice. Oh, that makes nice. me so happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad. Okay, so um, why don't I so talk that about was, that? Was my favourite? Should I do that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, we haven't talked about it yet. My fa- we haven't. No, um, my favourite. Um, this is still not including obviously the Dinosaur Junior. We'll talk about later. Um, is the Nick Drake album Five Leaves Left? Um, this is we'll point out. I think I pointed out last time. It's, it's the classic album. It's the oldest album we've had. A '69, I think it is. Um, I thought this album. Um, I, I would say that I listened to. I've listened to Pink Moon, his other one, his more well-known one, quite a bit, and and I really love that album. This one uh, was not quite of the caliber of that one. That this is not quite as well formed, but. Um, first of all, it was produced, especially given the the time, um, and, and I don't think he had a, a ton of resources behind it, to a really stunning quality, I thought. His, his voice sounds so close and uh, kind of intimate and touching. Um, it, it's really remarkable. Um, there was some... Uh, I have to say, some of the accompaniment was a little bit dated. <laughs> Are you going to talk about the flute? Yeah. Yeah, the flute was a little bit of a, a, a hard one to swallow, yeah, honestly. That was on yeah, Thoughts so. of Mary Jane. Thoughts of Mary Jane. There was also uh, a xylophone on Saturday Sun, both of which are just... I mean, it was not so much that I hated them so much as they dated the album a lot. Mm. We talked about albums being dated yeah. or not dated last time. Yeah. And this was these were the points in the album when I thought, wow, this, this was done in the late 60s or even earlier. Um, but a lot of the album sounded really fresh, actually, and especially given the quality of the production, as I said, it sounded like he was really present with us. And, and I'll mention as well that one of the challenges I had, uh, well, with the album in general, is he, he's got a stunning voice. He's got an absolutely mm. beautiful voice, but um, and a very sort of heartbreaking tone. Um, but I don't know if anyone's aware, I assume the two of you know of him and, and know a little bit about his story. He had a very, very tough time yeah. of it and died very young. He was a bit of a... Isolated guy, wasn't he, as well? He was, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you know much about him, Matt, do you? No, no. Okay, no, so... I, like, I've heard of him. Okay, yeah. So he, he died, at, he only really did a couple of albums and some other bits of recordings, from what I understand, and, and died very young. He had uh, uh, mental health issues, and uh, yeah, the, the, there's a dispute over what, how right, he actually died. But, I know, I know. <laughs> but my, point, my reason, reason I raise it is, um, it, it was actually, it's hard for me to separate the, my sort of sympathy with that state and that, and that must be must be awful for him to have gone mm. through that uh, to write and this beautiful music and just feel like can I have an objective opinion over this music when I'm when I'm so moved by it you know I'm, I'm moved by it and I'm moved by his story so all I'm saying yeah. is that it makes me feel like I'm not a very objective judge of this and, and that's that's fascinating you know but, but I think that's I mean this is what music should do isn't it I think yeah. you shouldn't I mean obviously we're doing a podcast about music you've got to be objective but I think if, if an album moves you yeah, all I mean is, say, but is the context of the album moving me more than the music? That's what I'm wondering. You know, I'm wondering, can that, I trust my matter. opinion of it? Well, if it still it, moves you, then right. it moves you. Yeah, I think. What I mean, say, yeah. a lot of people who got into sorry, just sorry, Matt, but yeah. a lot of people who got into say Nirvana. Yeah. Later on. Yeah. When that's they went true. around, why why do you think people get into them? Because they yeah. Kurt Cobain killed himself and had that really fucked up life and they see that as a way in so i think i don't yeah. really see that as a problem personally yeah. but yeah i think it just means you have like a cheat sheet to understand the context mm. but it means you probably know the music even better yeah maybe it means maybe you can't apply it to what you've got going on in your own life in quite as way as mm. as a stronger way because you can't have, make it more abstract but yep yeah yeah i, I think what you mean so what do you think about the album in general, though, Matt? Do you want to talk about it now? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I interestingly, um, 
the way you were talking about how compared to what we were talking about last month about how some of the albums were dated God, and I'm the down the same notes guys <laughs> You're all taking yeah my i words. think <laughs> but i think it's pretty yeah I, I wrote down timeless for most of it oh, really? i thought it was and um, some of it was fantastic and uh the orchestra, like the the strings that went with some of the songs, mm. lended it like a real cinematic tone that mm. added a lot more gravity to what he was saying, and he had a pretty he had a lot of gravitas already. I think yeah, it's interesting uh, you said just to interject for one second. I think one of the interesting things about it was was that these big productions on this this first album, which were less apparent on the on Pink Moon than more famous next album, um, yeah. I thought actually didn't suit it quite as well as just when it's just him and a guitar. I mean, mm. it's just, that's cause that's the intimacy of it, you know? So I, I'm interested when you say yeah. about the, the, that sort of gravitas, I think that's an interesting way of putting it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I can imagine, like, I obviously haven't listened to Pink Moon, um, but it may, it seemed to make the strings seem to make it more dramatic, but mm. that also would distance you from him, I guess, in a way. Right. What he's, um, I also like, uh, which the man in the shed, I yeah. made me smile every time I listened to I mean, it because it mm. reminded me of like Toy Story or something. <laughs> it was felt like a, it was kind of cheesy, but like in a really sweet way. Yeah. So yeah. I enjoyed that a lot as well. Yeah. No, it was, it was really a great album. Yeah. Well, Fran, what do you want to say? So I'm, I'm make gonna, sure you don't repeat anything we've said. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight <laughs> into the idea with the dated um, the datedness or how things date because we talked a lot about how hip hop dates and you know okay if you bring in the flute and those sort of things you're right they did date it a little bit. But if you just take this album as a whole, it didn't seem dated. And I think I started to think about why that might be. And I think a big part of it is there's a lot of a lot of people after he died and in recent years have sort of, you know, there's been so many re-releases about him. Brad Pitt did a documentary about him. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, there's also, he's been absolutely lauded by everybody. Yeah. And I think since that, there's a lot of artists who've been hugely influenced by him. And I think a lot of what you hear and why it doesn't maybe seem dated is because this kind of music is, again, oh, very popular it's right back now. In, back it's in very, yeah. And it's, it's Bo- style. And, and if we think back to anyone who listened to episode one of our podcast, I introduced um, The Tallest Man on Earth as the mm. artist I love. Um, and he's, he's mentioned Drake as, a, as an influence. And I can totally hear that in the guitar tone. The um, you know, the way he picks at the guitar, the way he's kind Nick of Nick Drake, just to be yeah, clear, not yeah, Drake. But... Just just want to make sure we're not <laughs> yeah, Drake. <laughs> Slightly different. Slightly different. Yeah, uh, that would be an interesting album. Though. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's one of the reasons I think maybe it doesn't sound dated. And when we talked about last week, things that say Nas is influence, such as, I mean, it ranges from everyone, but I've heard stuff like Will Smith that's got some Nas influence, and that mm-hmm. has gone in a cheesy way. Whereas maybe what Drake's influence, Nick Drake. It's influenced is a really sort of interesting genre of music that's still around at the minute and very popular. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, I'm going to go back a little bit though and say, to be honest, this album felt, it's not as good as Pink Moon, um, but it also felt a little bit stunted to me in the context of this playlist because I felt like we were listening to all sorts of varied stuff. Um, and because this is older and it, it just, it wasn't as immediate to me, but the more time I spent with it, it's, it's a really beautiful piece of work and, mm. Um, River Man and A Man in a Shed were the two songs I really picked out. And yeah, it's great. It's up there with the better classic albums that we've picked as a group so far. So here's our moment of agreement then. Everyone seems to like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. cool. That's cool. So uh, there's one left to talk about then, I think, of the original set, uh, which is J-Song's Everybody Works. Uh, Fran, go for it. Okay. Um, so this was the other that I considered for the best opener because I think it's got an interesting opening with a, a song called Lipstick 
Steins, which I think is about a minute and a half long. Mm. And um, and yeah, it's interesting. It was a real grower on me, this album. Like the first few listens, it kind of passed me by. And I was a bit disappointed because these are actually one of the bands that are supporting The National when me and Nick go to see them in Dublin um, oh, nice. later this year. So um, I really wanted to really love it. And when I first listened to it, I didn't. But I think because it seemed quite simplistic... But the more time I spent with it, actually, is it's quite a complex album and there's quite a lot of variation on there. And I really started to get into it. And um, I think there's a lot of layers to it. So obviously I was starting to get into it. I started to read a bit about it and found out she's, uh, you know, she records everything on her own in a bedroom. She plays all of the instruments. Really? She does it all herself. Cool. It's um, So the more I read about it and the more I got into it, I was, yeah, I really got I really quite, she's 22 and I watched a few live videos. She's just very unassuming and... I, Started to find it really very interesting. And um, oh. I think even though there's a real mixture of styles, every song's identifi- identifiably her. Um, so, yeah, by the end, I was it was arguably my favourite on the on the playlist. Um, definitely the one I think I'll probably spend most time with in the future. Um, Either I, that or the go-team, anyway. Yeah, the go-team, yeah. I mean, I might see if I can find <laughs> some way of using it as like to clean my house or something as a rat, but <laughs> I wouldn't spend the time with it other than that. But the JSOM, I think, yeah, I think... Really interesting, um, and yeah, I think I'll definitely be spending more time with it. But yeah, I'm not sure who wants to go next. Matt, go for it. Um, I felt like this was the album I probably well, I just wasn't impressed by it. I you surprised me all quite, over the place today, Matt. I've got to be honest. I was quite bored by it. It, it, it like I. I've heard her in interviews before um, and I've heard like one of her songs before mm. and I I thought I was going to be really into this because it's like got kind of trademarks for what I normally like. It's got some like floating guitars and like the soft mm. singing and it's kind of gentle and it should be a guaranteed win for me. Um, but I just didn't feel like, very, like only on a couple of songs did they, um, the did it actually build to something? Mm. Um, and then... Like, like I did really like um, were the bus song. I think it yeah, is. Yeah, the bus song's great. Yeah, and but that was because it had a bit more like drive about it. Mm. I think, and it felt like it was going somewhere. Um, but that's it. It would be the kind of thing that I'd love to if I went to a cafe. It, yeah, this place is a really good ambience because they're mm. playing this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but this is kind of leads into kind of goes with what I was saying. As in, on the first few times I listened to it, it really did pass me by, and I would. I think I would have, if I if I'd only had three listens to this album. I'm not saying that's what you've done, but I think I would agree with what you're saying. But I think the more time I spent with it, the more I heard the there was more interest in there. But then you know, I kept going, but getting back, going back to it, and then getting more frustrated that it wasn't more. And and the the like one of the things that I really hate artists that do this is uh, several of the songs they faded out on. Mm. I just that's a <laughs> it's fade a out big, that's great it's a big no that's, no, a lot of music that's such an abstract thing to remember music you hate <laughs> well it just feels like you've got you've done half the song and it's just like you can't be bothered to finish it off <laughs> I love that mentality that's amazing and it's just yeah and so like they were that actually, ended like, like the goatee where they just played everything for 10 minutes <laughs> batting your head against stopped. it oh well at least at least at least it was uh, it was in your face it was doing something this yeah, this just felt like it. It just felt like it washed over me, and then nothing stayed with me. 
Okay. Well, so we got one vote for, one vote pretty strongly against. I'm actually going to sit somewhere in the middle. I think I, I sort of felt like um, the album is very, very to me a, a very indie kids type album in some ways, uh, and I wasn't keen on the bits that were like that. But interestingly, when when Matt says. Uh, the bus song uh, is one of his preferred, one of his better songs on the album. I actually preferred all the slower songs, really, than mm. the faster ones. The faster ones seemed, came across like like not so great versions of other classic indie bands. But Lipstick Stains that opened the album, that short song, I thought was actually really quite intriguing. Uh, I also really like Bedhead, which is one that's further down the track listing near, near the end. Um, I thought that worked really well. Um, there are some. Um, the faster, like I, I really, yeah. So there's one more time, please. I wasn't a big fan of, and one billion dogs. Both those songs together, I wasn't really into. I didn't like the energy of them. I didn't like. I, I noted as well that on the one billion dogs song, there was some really weird things with the mix that were quite irritating to the ear. I found, but that's that's getting very crying into the weeds. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So um, I don't know. I I, I sort of felt like I, there's potential for more, but I, that would be good. But I kind of want it to be. Um, fairly go down the more gentle route than to try and be more aggressive because I don't think it really suited Jason well. And I, I didn't do any of the research as usual. Like Fran always does all the <laughs> reads, all the articles and all this stuff. And I, I have no context for that, for, for my you knowledge like of her. Read, do you, so? I don't like reading anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I never do that. So, um, but no, I, so I, but I just stand this in its on itself, standalone. Like I, I feel like there's, there's bits that work, but there's a fair bit that wasn't too great for me. Um, so yeah, um, that's that's all I have to say. I think it's, it's not one that that really drew me in terribly. Uh, so I'm not like aggro about it. But um, yeah, I thought I thought it has. There's things in there that might be able to be be developed further in future stuff. Maybe I'll come back to it. So can I just ask uh, Matt? Is the yeah. Go Team your favourite on this list? Because um, it sounds like the one you've been most positive about. I just I just want to check if I've uh, to be honest, to be honest right. <laughs> it it wasn't. I would have said uh, Dinosaur Junior was my favourite on the oh, list. Well, we've skipped ahead now. We ca- oh my yeah, God, can't say that. Just broken a cardinal <laughs> rule. You can't do that. No, it's fine. Just yeah. we, 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 we try yeah. and basically what we try and do is build up the person who's going to talk about their why I love, so that they believe the other two people are going to be supportive. And then when they've they poured their heart out about the reason they absolutely love something, then you can take them apart and just yeah. really <laughs> knife to the heart kind of work, you know. So anyway, so yeah. yeah but of, of the other five, what would you say was your favourite? Nick Drake. Okay. Um, okay. God, YouTube. Get a room. Maybe. I don't, yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, hell. <laughs> Will you stop swearing? Sorry, I can't please. help it. I'm so surprised by all of you today. <laughs> I, I do understand the JSOM sort of um, criticisms, though. I do get it. it yeah. does, I can see it washes over you a little yeah. bit. I think I know, it's just I'll... about spending a bit of time and, you know, working hard on it and not just, you know, letting it pass you by while you sit in your lab or. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think there's, there's better people people doing better stuff that's similar. Right. And so, yeah, that's probably true. And so I'd, I'd rather go and put their album on than listen to this. But I am, I will keep an eye out for her. Cause yeah, she's interesting. I think it there's... was, yeah, it's just like, she's young and to do that yeah. from the background you've given us, I to do that, it's, uh, it's promising. That kind of runs a little bit across this, if you're on this playlist, I think, with Princess Nokia... For me, with Rye and with Jay Som, I think there there's more potential there than actual realization. But they're for me, they're all really interesting albums. That um, I'm not going to say the same about Nick Drake, obviously, because he's not going to be going much further. But it's it is again, it is a similar thing. It was a first album that maybe 
he did better ads later. So I think there's a, you've seen a lot of that in this playlist. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got to go with Nick Drake as my favourite of these five as well. Uh, that was not not difficult, to be honest. Yeah, I, d- I didn't find the list that strong. But um, yeah, Nick Drake was, was carried it quite easily, yeah. so I don't know if I could pick a favourite. I think I liked, I liked Rye, I liked Nick Drake, I liked Princess Nokia, I liked JSOM. None of them completely knocked me out, so there's not a okay. favourite. But I, I think they're all very strong albums. Okay. Go Team was not. <laughs> not really. Okay, so uh, let's move on to The Wild Love. Um, so I'm going to introduce uh, Dinosaur Jr. Um, and I won't give a ton of context because people can Google that in about two seconds. But I'll just say that um, this album, Living All Over Me, was their second album. Um, and it's their first on uh, a bigger label, bigger record label. Um, and uh, it was released in 87 and the band are going from about the mid 80s and they came out of a, a hardcore band uh, called Deep Wound um, and there were three members of the band, uh, Jay, Lou and Murph. Uh, Lou uh, is also known as Lou Barlow from Sebado. So and I've talked about Sebado in a previous podcast. So yeah, Lou Barlow is the, the bass player. Okay. Bass player from Dunnest Jr. Is, is the person who came, uh, became Sebado later on. Um, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. But so I'm, I'm going to talk about it in two ways, basically. I'm going to talk about why why this band should mean something to to people listening why why i think they're important and then why they're important to me which is um you know there's some overlap but there's quite a few differences as well so i think in terms of why people should care about this album there's there's a couple of expressions um that were floating around at the time this album came out and in the in the few years after it that i think were really important to articulate why this band matters um one was uh, a phrase that uh, Jay Maskis used when he described what the band was trying to do around the time of this album's release and, and the one following it, Bug, which is in a way even more famous, um, which is called, which was the phrase, ear bleeding country. That was what he was attempting to achieve, <laughs> ear bleeding country. Um, and I think that's the really sums up well the crux of what this band offered that was very, very new at the time and um, became something incredibly important later on. Um which is a sort of mix of aggression and vulnerability at the same time um, in a sort of uh, incredible kind of crushing together of something so uh, loud, something so distorted, something so energetic, and yet something so fragile. Um, And in fact, uh, this band were actually the loudest band on earth for a short (laughs) period of time. They they had a, they had a Guinness book world record thing for a little while there uh, as the loudest band. Um, and they used to take, this is just a total aside, I'm not going to get into endless stories about this band, but they used to take, on tour with them, Jay Mascus used to take 22 300-watt 4x12 Marshall cabs with him on tour because he wanted to be able to mic a 2,000-seater auditorium without a PA because he was always annoyed how they <laughs> turned him down. So he just used to take 22 <laughs> guitar amps with him and play them all at once. So, um, yeah, it, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty incredible thing. So, so that's, one, that's one of the phrases, Ear Bleeding Country. The second is um, an expression from an album, uh, one of the songs, uh, I think actually from Bug, but the expression is What a Mess. And it became something that was talked about a lot at the period this album came out and the next album came out. It was um, really a, an album with sound that was very broken, uh, very kind of destroyed and disorganized and, and fragmented um and very frenzied as well so in the mix of this frenzy with these and especially for example in the guitar solos which always feel to me because there's so much distortion like he's pulling them out of and there's actually a song called tar pit pulling them out of a, of a pit of some kind of soupy mixture trying to trying to wrench these notes out of that sound um to make an actual mu- piece of music out of it which i always find to be kind of amazing 
So, um, and the third uh, term, which is uh, not one I'm in love with, but I think is important, is the term grunge because um, as this album came out in the in the few years after it, um, uh, grunge became sort of took over the world, and it was really uh, Dinosaur Junior and only a few others who really began that process of, of of building what grunge became. So, Nirvana, for example, absolutely loved this band. We're obsessed with them. Um, we're friendly with them. Um, Jay Maskis was asked to join Nirvana, I think, on a couple of occasions and didn't. Um, and uh, Nirvana actually used to take, there was a couple of photos of um, Nirvana with the Dinosaur Jr. t-shirts on and stuff because they were always trying mm. to promote them. They always felt a little bit embarrassed that they got so much more press than, than Dinosaur Jr. did, which I'm not, I'm not begrudging Nirvana, but still, it's interesting. Uh, and then Thurston Moore, actually, uh, of Sonic Youth, also uh, was re- were really, really into Dinosaur Jr. That Sonic Youth were, they were friends with them. I hear, although I don't know if the story is apocryphal, that um, Dinosaur Jr. was signed to to their label because Thurston Moore, the same label as Sonic Youth, because Thurston Moore said he would drop his deal, he would break his <laughs> record deal if he didn't take on Dinosaur Jr. as well. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, I've read that somewhere in, in years past. So, and then the last thing that's important as well is is the lo-fi genre, which Fran knows all about. We lo-fi. talked about this already. Um, also <laughs> grew out of this, um, the the, al- the song um, Polido, which was actually the original ending of the album, just like having the cover of the Cure song, which was on the end of the album, was, was added later. Polido was the original end of the album. And, and you could argue quite convincingly that that's the, one of the first lo-fi songs that Sebado would ever do before Sebado kind of existed in a way. Um, so that that's really uh, kind of important as well. These are the reasons why you might feel that I hope you feel that they're important, but this is not why they're important to me, or only partly why they're important to me. Because when I was uh, got into this band, I was about sixteen, seventeen. The scene uh, where I went to school was all metal. It was everybody I knew was really into metal, and this was such a breath of fresh air to find some music that still had the energy and aggression to sort of reflect my youthful angst, but was also at the same time not. Uh, tough trying to be tough which i always found to be really unconvincing anyway most of these mm. metal bands that this band you know was willing to be vulnerable like i said and that, that really mattered i thought that was really an incredible thing so the the the, no, the name dinosaur jr actually works all the way down they were only named dinosaur jr because another band called dinosaur yeah, came along and, and um sort of complained that they were they were stealing their name but anyway the use of the word junior instead was added to the name after that point it's just perfect it sums up like this mm. idea of this huge violent creature but just a little version of it you know just this like, little kiddie version of this of this creature you know um so it's that dichotomy you know that that heavy and weak at the same time it was also my very first gig um oh, really? i ever went to yeah and actually oh, nice. held out and didn't go to gigs i was offered to go to for a while so i could go down to brixton academy and see him uh, with a very good friend of mine uh, in in 93 and maybe 93 yeah, yeah. I went four. Oh, hey. give me a break. <laughs> a few, few years before my first game. Oh, <laughs> you total bastard. Okay. Um, and then it's my favourite part of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously, uh, Sebado were also a hugely influential band for me, one of my one of my most important bands, in a way possibly more important than, than Dancer Junior to me in, in the end, but they, I wouldn't have got into them if I had not heard about Dancer Junior to begin with. So that's why they matter to me as well. And the only thing I'll say... Um, to sort of mar this a little bit before in case anybody else has heard other stuff is I feel like they're still going this band in fact they're playing in Manchester in the very near future or they were meant to be playing last weekend weren't they and I think got yeah, postponed the, but because Lou, Hall, Lou, um, Lou broke his collarbone I think but um, so he's coming, they're coming in a few weeks delicate, but, yeah exactly they're, they're getting on <laughs> 
But no, so they've done new stuff. Um, and I think they've reformed it after a, a sort of acrimonious breakup and they've done a lot of new stuff. I, I do not like the new stuff at all, I've got to say. I, I feel like they're just phoning it in. It's, it's mm. just, I mean, I, they just don't seem to be bothered emotionally invested in what they're doing. I've, that's my personal feeling. And this comes from somebody who absolutely loves this band, as you can hear. So I'm, I'm not saying it, I'm not happy to say it, but I'm just, they're not, it's not great. So I recommend this album, though people who haven't heard it, the, the next album, Bug, which is actually a little bit more... Uh, consistent maybe but hasn't got some of the highs and the first album dinosaur is also on, on homestead is, is also a fantastic album so those three are all really really great so i will now shut up and get out of the way and uh you can have at it so who wants to go first um i'll go um i mean i'll just start i, I thought they were terrible nick <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't i didn't i was, fully I, was, prepared. I, was, I, was fully prepared. I was really 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 pleasantly surprised oh wow um, okay I didn't think they were terrible at all because previously you've introduced Sebado and Quasi and I know um, I didn't get on board really with them. And I know obviously Sebado, Dinosaur Jr., there's a lot of connection there. But um, I think the difference... You didn't hate Sebado, do you? It was Quasi you were not into. I didn't hate Sebado, no, but I didn't, into, I didn't love Sebado. I, right, okay. I, I, I came away from Sebado feeling like I'd listened to something that I may have liked if I'd got into it when I was Okay, younger, I remember you saying now. But yeah, I didn't... Yeah, it was an age, I would yeah, probably yeah, never yeah. be listening to... Again, right. I, I appreciate them, but they they weren't for me. Um, I think the difference is the energy for me. I mean, I think there's so much energy in this album. Mm. And also just the abandon and the joy. They just seem to love what they're doing. And that's interesting to hear what you say about how they're phoning in a little bit now. Because for me, having listened to this album, that kind of goes against what they are yes, to me. Totally. They're, they're a band absolutely. that absolutely loves what they're doing in this album and just lets loose. And I, I like that. Um, One of the problems, actually, is that Jay is so good at guitar now that it's not difficult enough. Mm. He doesn't, he's not challenged by it. I've heard various guitarists yeah. talk about how they need to be able to push themselves. And he, he's just, he could do it literally with his eyes closed. You know, I think there's nothing. so many bands that come back though because, you know, there's money available, isn't there? And maybe they're, you know... Yeah, I don't know if it's money or what, that, but, but they, they, yeah, they're, they're, still, they're still going and I, I kind of wish they would mm. rest. <laughs> but for me, I mean, I'd, I'd say there's a couple of songs, Tarp It and The Lung were two that really sh- stood out for me. Yeah. Um, Tarp It particularly. Um, but I, could have lived without the... And it's interesting to hear you say it wasn't always on the album. I could have lived without the Cure cover. Okay. I don't know why yeah. you would take a song like that by the Cure that is was perfect as it was and then... It, well, it is a great song. I'm not, and... I'm not disputing the Cure song. It's fantastic. I, I Just because I loved that. At the time I heard it first, um, I loved the the massive weight of it because it was another extreme... It was even more extreme. I mean, the Cure, mm. absolutely, the voice of delicacy, aren't they? So to have yeah. that delicate voice and then have this massive... Ah, but it, it felt it, it just to me a little bit like... And I don't, I'm, Please don't take this too offensively because I'm not <laughs> comparing any of these bands. But it felt a little bit like when Robbie Williams covered uh, Back for Good by Take That and just shouted <laughs> on the chorus. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of... Because I, I loved it up to that. And then I saw Just Like Heaven. I thought, oh, they've got a song the same name as The Cure song. That's yeah. weird. And then it was... And I just, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Stop where you were. Because other, other than that, I thought it was well, brilliant. Luckily, I was really impressed. That's so. not even on the album, so we can avoid having that dispute. It's only okay. on this remastered version. It wasn't on the original Fair album. Enough. So. Well, that, and the album bad. ended with Polito, which was a kind of unravelling of the album, which yeah. I thought was really good. Considering the album had so much energy all the way through the first half, it stacked towards this mental amount of energy with Sludge Fest and stuff mm. like that, that, little furry things, that it just can't keep up that pace forever. And it has to sort of fall apart. Whereas Just That Heaven on the end is just like a single they've bolted onto the end, which right. I thought was a pity. You know? Yeah, it so. was a pity. Anyway, so I, I know I know now I'm in safe territory somewhat because Matt already yeah. said he liked this yeah, album Matt, somewhat, Matt but safe. do you want to tell yeah. me more? Yeah, I I, I, uh, I thought it was great. And 
it was yeah well, i was re-listening to the entire playlist yesterday and um it was getting towards the like end of the day and it was it was a snow day here so i'd been working on laptop and this album started just as i like pulled my poured myself some wine and <laughs> it just felt just it doesn't feel perfect. like you should be drinking wine to it though. it feels like you should be drinking like <laughs> Bell's whiskey yeah, yeah, yeah. with well, a straw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, with a Mickey Mouse bendy straw. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it just was like, it was so perfect in that moment. And then, it, yeah, it was just like kind of let loose. And the way that they're just like rocking out was, it, it, the, like you were saying, the youthful energy was very nostalgic for me because it was like mm. reminding me of going to see bands when I was like a teenager. But you didn't then, know them before this though, is that right or not? No, no, no. Okay, okay. Uh, I'd, I'd heard uh, one song, um, which was uh, Start Chopping. Okay, that's a much later one. It's actually not with the original lineup either, so that's a little bit of a change of direction for them when they it's did basically Start Chopping. that doesn't count. No, no, I'm just yeah. like, I don't yeah, hate I, that I, song I, actually, but that's very different from this stuff. I also, after hearing that song, and then I was like, yeah, this, it should be fun. And then hearing the actual album, um, it was... I can tell it's different from that, and it was ten times better, I think. Yeah. Um, and a particular song that stuck out to me that I've written down was Raisins because okay. I really liked the way the the rhythm of it felt almost a bit like Fleetwood Mac. Okay. And interesting. I, that was never would have thought that, but okay, interesting. It was really fu- like fun. Mm. Um, and like uh, I also liked the lung because the way they changed the pacing of the song oh, in the middle. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah, now I'm I, staggered because I, I was expecting at least Fran to hate this album, so I'm really, yeah. really staggered. And he, he was expecting to hate it as well. Yeah, I was. So. No, it's, it's like I say with Sebado and Crazy. I don't know, again, I didn't hate Sebado, but just. Yeah. I thought, I have dreaded the moment when you put this album on the face because you've, you've spoken <laughs> to me about this band a lot. And I don't mind, I generally, being honest here, I don't mind like putting down an album that I think someone likes but isn't that bothered about or the yeah. the new albums we talk about but when when you're talking about something that someone really loves to so then just have to say yeah it's shit it's never a nice thing to do so no, it's, it's, it's nice to not have to do that but you do won't you oh yeah i had to do it when you put quasi <laughs> all over you know that needed to be done no 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 but um yeah i would do it i, I, feel, yeah. I believe in honesty on this podcast i right. feel that we should say how we feel so right, right honesty over friendship that's nice yeah definitely it's a nice mantra yeah. Yeah. so yeah so matt did we cut you off though are you still going i don't know no i um I would say it was one of one of the favorite artists I hadn't really listened to, and then listened to because of the the, the playlist you guys were putting together. Great, fantastic! And so it's, you're it one of us really now, nice... mate. It's not just us guys anymore. Come well, on, yeah. come into yeah. the group. You've slagged <laughs> off yeah. several albums tonight. You're definitely part of it now. And you're only four thousand miles away. What's the big deal? So no problem. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, yeah, it's cool. Okay, so uh, I think that gets us to the end of the six. Um, so let's talk about what we're doing next time. Um, I think, is, is Matt in charge now? For this Matt will be in charge up? of the next Matt's one. Matt's in charge yes. and hosting yeah, next time. So uh, you can go at the end then. So, uh, Fran, what, what are you going to be going through? Well, I think oh, we should mention first, we did a Green Man Festival playlist last year because I was going, and this year I'm going to the End of the Road Festival instead, so we're doing an End of the Road Festival. It's all about Fran, it's just it? whatever I I choose apparently. Nice. So <laughs> everybody on the on the next playlist will be playing at end of the road. Um, I've picked two artists I've not listened to before. Uh, they're both 2018 albums. One's by Ezra Furman, and it's called Transangelic Exodus. And one's by now. Please don't judge this band on the name, but they're called Soccer Mommy, and the album's called Clean. All right. 
Nice. I'm going to go with uh, Gruff Reese, formerly of Superfair Animals, maybe still of Superfair Animals, with his album Set Fire to the Stars. Although I will mention that from what I can tell, that's a couple of years old, actually, but it's the newest thing. It's on Spotify of his. So we'll go with that. And then uh, Proto Martyr uh, with Relatives in Descent. Okay. And so for the classic album, um, we're going for one of the headliners. And so that's Yolo Tango. And I picked their album, I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One. Name. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> and for the introducing, I, I want to talk about Beast. Um, and specifically, slightly cut out there. Do you want to say that name again? I think what we may have just missed the um, big brilliant thief. timing. Big Thief. Okay, great. Big Thief. Big Thief. And specifically, their second album, which actually came out last year, and I think it was on a number of lists for best album of the year and the album's capacity. So that will be uh, going up on the playlist uh, in the next 24 hours on yeah. Spotify. People want to follow along. I want to mention that there is a Twitter handle. Yeah, Twitter at Picky Bastards, capital P, capital B. And obviously I share all the um, the playlists on there and everything. We, we always forget to say this, so we're making a point to say it. Follow, find <laughs> us on Twitter. Follow yeah. the playlist on Spotify. Yeah. It'll probably make your listen more interesting if you've heard the music. So Exactly. Yeah. The podcast <laughs> is on Spotify as well as on Stitcher and on Apple, iTunes, music or yeah. whatever. So All the places. Uh, yeah, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. So, okay, uh, that's that, I think. So thanks very much. We will speak to you uh, in about a month. In a month. Cheers. Cheers.